Matthew chapter 5. As we look at some things from the Word of God, I want to deal with this subject today on, on being a person of influence. Being a person of influence. Hallelujah. You know, there's, there's things that God asks every church to do. There are things, there, there are assignments and callings and purpose that God has on, on everybody, every, every, and I say body, I mean every local church body. Every fellowship that's uh, in a city, there are things that God wants that body to do. And uh, some of the things that, that, of course, that God's asking us to do and has been asking us to do, number one is cover Arkansas. And so that's what we're focusing on. And uh, the Lord said, as you cover the state, he said, uh, all the other uh, uh, locations of the fellowship will prosper and will thrive. And I believe that Uh, the Lord is asking us. Uh, to reach a people he's asking us to reach a city he's asking us to reach a generation and so the focus has to be on what the Lord has asked and that will require us being influenced in every in every area of our lives you know what what the word we talked about what the word of God says what the word says we are is what we are what the word says and I've had people say but I don't feel that way my feelings are irrelevant as it pertains to what the Word says. I am what the Word says. You will never honor God more than you honor His Word. You will never have any more honor for God than you do His Word. And and if I will take His Word and honor it by applying it, by flowing in it, by making it the, the central point of my life, I'll begin to see what God desires in my life. Amen? Matthew chapter 5 And verse 13 is where we start. Familiar verse, but I want you to see this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden underfoot of men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. So notice that. He says, you are the salt of the earth. And notice what he says. He says, if, if the salt loses its savor, it's not any good for anything. In other words, salt is not fulfilling its assignment and its purpose if it's not salty. Is that right? Then he said, you are the light of the world. Amen. I've, I've had people stay with me before and you'd hear them stumble around in the dark and you say, why didn't you turn the light on? I didn't want to wake anybody up. So you broke your toe because you didn't want to wake anybody up. You're not going to wake anybody up. You're in the living room. I'm down the hall in my room. You're not going to wake nobody up. Turn the light on. That's why the light is there. Right? If, if the light is available and you don't turn the light on, light is not fulfilling its purpose. Life is not, light is not fulfilling its assignment. And Jesus says that we as believers, that we are something. That we're salt and we're light. Do you see that? Salt and light are at their base influence. Salt influences the taste of your food. Light influences darkness. Amen. Salt is a preservative. Amen. Do do you see this? One translation says, as believers, you bring out the God flavors in the earth. 
You bring out the God colors in the earth. You, you know, I hear so many people talk about how bad the world is. Imagine how bad it would be if we weren't here. You, you got to understand, people talk about wickedness and darkness. We're light. And everywhere we go, the darkness flees. Because we're the light. Everywhere we go, we influence a generation. We influence a city. We influence a state. We influence a nation. We influence the world. Because we are the light. Christianity is the fastest growing religion, if that's what you want to call it, in the world today. There are over one billion Christians in the earth. It is growing exponentially. Don't believe what people say that the church is in decline. The church is not in decline. The church is on fire for the Word of God and we're changing the world. Amen. Well, you couldn't tell it by our nation, Pastor. You're salt and you're light. That's your job. Amen. Do, do you see this? I'm bringing out the God flavors in the earth. People talk about the wickedness. Listen, how wicked would it be if the church wasn't here? Amen. When you read the book of Revelation, after Revelation chapter 4, you see how wicked the world is without the church. Everything falls apart. Why? The church is the preservative. The church is not just the restrainer, according to First Thess uh, 2 Thessalonians. Paul said the church was restraining. Right now, the church is restrained. See, we're not just re restraining the appearance of the Antichrist. We are restraining all the evil that wants to destroy our nation and wants to destroy the world. The church in the middle of the earth is restraining that force. The devil will never be able to do what he wants to because the church is alive and well. Am I helping you? We're salt and we're light. And notice what he said. He said, I want you to place... Your light on a stand so that everyone in the house can see. Now, throughout the Word of God, the four Gospels, Jesus compared a man's life to a house. Amen. In, in, in the book of, you don't have to go there, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 26, it says uh, uh, that, that, that he likened a man that heard his word and did it to a man who built his life on a rock. Is that right? And what did he say? He said the winds came, the floods came, the storm came, and they beat against that man's life, and it stood firm. Because he was founded on the rock. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What, what does that mean? Ever what comes. We sing the song when I was a boy growing up in church. Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. Amen. He's right there. Ever what storm comes, it will beat against your life, but it will break like waves on a rock because it cannot overcome the power of God on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? So when we let our light shine... It influences our lives. But it influences the lives of others around us. 
in order to be people of influence, people have to notice a change. They have to notice a difference in our lives. They have to notice a difference in the way we live our lives. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? One of the first ways we influence people is when we make it through things that should have stopped us. We influence people when we get through things that should have stopped us. Look over in Psalm 119. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 119 and verse 92. Notice what the psalmist says. He said, unless your law or your word had been my delight, I should have then perished in my affliction. Woo! One translation says, if your law had not been my delight, my troubles would have put an end to me. Amen. Hallelujah. But, 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 but notice, when we make it out of an impossible situation, people will ask how we made it. How did you do that? What's your job? Tell them. Tell them how you made it. Tell them how God brought you out. Tell them how the doctor said this, but God did this. Tell them how you were failing, but God showed up and brought you out and made a way where there was no way. How God restored your life and God delivered you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Tell them. Tell them God did that. God brought me out. God healed my body. God delivered my family. God blessed me. God saved me. God delivered my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because they'll ask. Hey, when you were going through this, I saw you got through it. What would you do? Let me tell you. Let, let me tell you. It would have put an end to me. But God showed up. It would have put an end to me, but the Word worked for me. It would have put an end to me, but God delivered me. God set me free. See, now I'm influencing people. You know, I asked him how he got through that, and you know, he said God did it. Maybe there's something to that. Amen. Glory to God. I, I remember when our, when our uh, second daughter was born. And, and she had all that trauma when she was being born. And they didn't know how things were going to go. And, and it really looked bad. It was tight. You would touch and go there for a while. Amen. But man, we, we had gotten a hold of Psalm chapter 112 that says, My heart is fixed, trusting in God. I will not fear evil tidings. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. See, I knew I was righteous. Because that's what the Bible says. The righteous man's heart is fixed. And so when the doctor came and said, here's the problems and we're rushing her over to Children's Mercy and they're going to be in NICU and there could be all these problems. I said, I, I got to get the, to the nursery. They wouldn't let me in with her, but I got my hands on the glass and I said, in, the G, in Jesus' name, I am a righteous man and my heart is fixed. I am trusting in the Lord and I thank you for healing my daughter. Glory to God. Amen. People on my job knew. People knew what was going on. They, they, when I went up there and they, they had all the charts and they were showing me all this, one, this stuff, there was a wonderful group of people. And they said, well, you, you know, you're probably looking at at least, you know, 21 days uh, at least. 
you know, before things really start to turn. And I went over there and my daughter was laying under those lights and struggling for every breath. I was finally able to get my hands on her. And I said, in the name of Jesus, all your bodies responding to the Word of God, this, this problem is healing itself in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see this? And, and, and they told me 21 days. When, 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 they, when, they, when they started working with her, she was on something like 30% uh, room oxygen and 70% on the ventilator. Held 30-70. Hallelujah. I worked right across the street at the time and, and I would take my lunch hour and come up the hill and spend my lunch hour with her and just believe God. And I got there the second day and they said, well, they said uh, it's up to 40-60. Praise God. I got there the next day, they said, it's 50-50. I got there the next day, and we started turning the corner. It's 60-40. By Friday, one week, seven days, by Friday, she's off the ventilator. Glory to God. I'm standing in front of her bassinet. I'm standing in front of her bassinet. I turn around, and here's the doctor with all of the, the interns and, and you, know, the training doctors. And he said, are you her dad? I said, yes, I am. And the doctor turned around and told all the interns to be quiet. And he said, this is our miracle baby. He said, we didn't do nothing. She healed herself. No, she didn't heal herself. God healed her. And I told everybody, and I will always tell everybody, God healed her. They did what they could do, but God healed her. Amen. Do you see that? God did it. God did it. That was an influence. That was a light. Everybody on my job knew God did it. Hallelujah. When you get out of things that should have stopped you, and should have overcome you, and should have defeated you, Amen, you're an influence. Because if I got through it, you can get through it. If I made it, you can make it. If, if, if God is on my side, God is on your side. God is no respecter of persons. What He's done for others, He'll do for you. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. That's how we influence people. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. One of the, the second way that we influence people. <laughs> we influence people when we're wiser than they are. Psalm 119 verse 98. Through your commandments you've made me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. Oh, hallelujah. One translation says, I have an edge over my enemies. Oh, why? We got inside information. Isn't that good that we got inside information? We know the end from the beginning. Listen, no matter what you may be going through today, you've got inside information that all things are going to work together for your good. At the end of this situation, you will be standing victorious because you're wiser than your enemy. Ah, hallelujah. Amen. People say, well, I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I do. Good stuff. Amen. Why? Because he said his mercies are new every morning. 
I can expect new mercy tomorrow. I can expect the goodness of God tomorrow. I can expect the blessings of the Lord to surround me about like a shield in the morning. Why? Because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know what's coming tomorrow. I may not know every challenge, but I know what will answer every challenge. I'm wiser than my enemy. Hallelujah. See, it's not just people. I'm, I'm, now, now hear me when I say this. Because the greater one is in me, I have more wisdom than the devil has. I have more knowledge than the devil has. He doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He doesn't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. But you and I have inside information. We know that every day God is on our side. Every day I'm more than a conqueror. Every day I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Every day the enemy's going to throw those fiery darts. But every day I raise the shield of faith and it quenches everyone. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, somebody help me. Every day. Every day. Hallelujah. Every day. Hallelujah. Woo. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? Through the Word, I'm wiser than my enemies. Mm, hallelujah. Do you see that? Nobody listens to somebody that knows less than they do. Through the Word, I'm wiser. How are you going to get through this? Or oh, we're going to get through it. How do you know? I know. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Through the Word, we're wiser in three ways. First of all, in mind, we think differently. We think differently. Amen. See, see, it's pe people will say, well, you've got to think like a champion. No, you, you don't think like a champion. You think that you are a champion. Amen. It, I, I influence people because I think different. Amen. Because we think differently. You look at something and you see the victory side. They look at something and they see the challenge. And it's not just positive and negative. It's what did God say? People always try to, people always try to damper that down. Now that doesn't mean we won't have no trouble. No, that, that's exactly right. That trouble is there. Trouble is in the world. Amen. But just because trouble comes, trouble doesn't have to overcome. Amen. What are you going to do when trouble comes? Stand. And what's going to be the result? Victory. Because you're not standing trying to gain victory. You're standing in victory. I already got the victory. 1 John 5, 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Do I have faith? Have I received faith? Yes, I have. Then I've received victory. That's how I influence people. That's how you influence people. Woo, hallelujah. You influence people because you think differently because of the God ideas you receive. Amen. That's why you can't ever afford to allow yourself to start thinking negative and start thinking like the world and start thinking like a defeated group of people. You've got to keep your thoughts in line with what God said. 
What, what did he say? He said, he said there's persecution. He said there's peril. He said there's sword. He said, but no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. In other words, we're not accounted as sheep for the slaughter. God hadn't, isn't dangling us out there in front of the devil to see what the devil will do. God says you're more than a conqueror. And whatever comes your way, you are well able to overcome it. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Well able. Amen. Doesn't matter what comes. Tell, tell your neighbor, it doesn't matter what comes. I will overcome it. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Dr. Lester Summerall said one time, he said, I don't care how old I am. He said, give me the mountain with all the giants. He said, I'll kill the giants and fertilize the earth with their carcass. Amen. I told somebody one time, they were talking about hard things. I said, I slap hard things in the mouth. You walk up to hard things and backhand them. I'm coming through you. I'm coming over you. I'm going to walk in everything God promised me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah. Well, what do you do when times get hard? Slap it in the mouth. Amen. Talk to them. Don't you back talk me. Amen. Glory to God. That was my mother. Y'all know my mother. I never got it, but my sister did. Ooh. I, I, I recognize. See, I learned, I learned visually. And if I saw somebody back talk, and mama said, pop. I, oh, don't back talk. It don't matter how big you get. Don't back talk. Amen. She'll slip up on you. You got to sleep sometime. Amen. That, that's what you do. I know, I know that's, a, that's an extreme visual. But, but there are people, when, when hard, when trouble, when hard times show up, they cave into the hard time. The, the, Bible, the Bible says that when times get hard, the prophet said, nobody will listen to me. And here's what he said. They're all hard-headed. They won't pay attention. And you know what God said? I'm going to make your head harder than theirs. I'm going to give you a forehead like a diamond. That, that means when hard times come, what happens? You just get harder. Not hard in heart, hard in your stance. Amen. Uh, number two, we influence people through the Word because we talk differently. We influence them in our words. We receive the right words to say to the right people. Amen. That, that's why you can't afford to fall into the world's way of thinking. And I'm not just talking cussing and, and, and immoral speech. I'm t- you, can't, you can't be talking negative. You can't be talking doubt and unbelief and everything's falling apart. That's how the world talks. There are Christians that would not cuss. If you threatened to beat them up, they wouldn't cuss because that's what the world does. But they'll join right in there and talk negative and unbelief and how everything's falling apart and nothing's going well. Well, you might as well cuss. That's the same way the world's talking. Right? I mean, they wouldn't say blankety-blank for anything. But then they'll say blankety-blank 
Something else. Everything's falling apart. I wish things were like they used to be. Let, let me help you. Newsflash. They never will be. They never will be that way. But that, that, that we are in better days right now than the world has ever seen. I don't believe that. Then tear Ecclesiastes out of your Bible. Because it says, don't say that the former days were better. Oh, it got quiet. Remember, I ministered on that about two years ago. Don't say that the former days were better. When's the best time to be alive? Right now. Why? You're alive. Have you ever thought about... Am I helping anybody? Have you ever thought about this? Have, have you ever thought that you were... that? Have you ever thought that you were born at the exact time that you were born because God knew you could do it? You ever thought about that? You could have been born any other time. And you were born when you were born. To be alive in this time. To be alive in this day and this age. Because God knows there's something in you that can do what He's asking you to do. My Lord. Nobody can influence your family like you. Nobody can influence your neighborhood like you. Nobody can influence the people in your life like you can. Oh, hallelujah. Our words are so wise, they cause people to show us favor. I said, well, you know, we're, we're really behind. And he said, we can do it, but it's going to take about an hour and a half. And I said, okay, I didn't have anywhere to go. I had my bag with me, had some, something to do. And I said, okay, that's fine. And so I sat there and I was just kind of, well, a lady came in. And she had lost a lug nut on her car. And uh, you could tell when she came in, she was upset. And now watch, here's what I'm saying. She started talking. And the more she talked, the more I'm thinking, you better quit talking. <laughs> oh, she got mad. Oh, it's that lug nut. Can you get me a lug nut? And the guy said, yeah, I think, I think we can get you a lug nut. And, and so he's, he's calling. He made a call. And, and, and long story short, they're trying to find one. They can't find it. Well, she's out in the bay with the guys. She comes in the door. In a minute, she goes, is there any way you can get them clowns working faster? And I'm thinking, look, you just insulted the cook. Don't eat. Just saying. Right? You go to the drive-thru and make them mad. What are they doing to your food? Right? She's throwing a fit. Now, I've been waiting. I've waited over an hour. Finally, you know, I just got up to stretch my legs. I had been sitting. I just got up to stretch my legs. And, and I saw him pull my car up, and he's dealing with her. My car's ready. Oh, ugly, still running. <laughs> and finally, he looked at me, and he said, uh, 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 which one is yours? I said, it's right here. It's ready to go. He said, oh, okay. And he got the bill. And he looked at me and he said, Mr. Steele, I see that you're a, uh, a valuable customer and a regular customer. He said, it's on me today. Now, here's what I'm thinking. If she would have kept her words right, she could have got the same treatment. 
You know, when I walk in that, in that, in that business, even today, I was down there just the other day. When I, they, they were training. They were training some people. And I was standing at the counter. And he goes, now you take a guy like Mr. Steele here. He's a valued customer. He'd have to pull up my name. He knew me. You know, he would have known me had I been ugly. I'm glad he knew me for being nice. Because we, now, now think about this. Think about this. If I share the gospel with him, is he open? Why? I've been nice. I've been an influence in the right direction. Amen. You can't go sit in the barber chair and talk about how bad things are and how rough your life is and how horrible it is and then say, oh, do you know Jesus? You mean the one you know? I don't want to know him. I've had people witness to me that way. You know Jesus. No. Not that one. Influence. Tell you, tell your neighbor, I'm an influence. Mm. Our words are different. I say our words are different. Our words are different. We're, we, now I'm I'm gonna if I if I tromp on some toes, just sit there. We'll get a tow truck. But the the <laughs> bad joke, I know. You know what one man said? You pay more, the jokes will get better. But in any event, you can't badmouth the government and then out of the other side of your mouth pray for the government. There were pockets of agreement. Well, I don't like him or her. That's not the Bible doesn't say that you pray with for who you like. Matter of fact, let me say this, and, and you do what you want to with this. Who said you have the right not to like somebody? Well, I don't like their policies. That's different than not liking them. There's a tow truck. See, you, you, you can't say, Lord, bless my nation, that idiot. We get rid of that goober. Can't do that. But you'll hear people, yeah, hey, he's crazy. He's, he's, a, he's a brick short of a load. Well, what's the Bible say you should do? If you had a loved one that was acting that way, what would you do about him? The Bible says we're the light. Light influences darkness. If you want to make a political change, you don't put your trust in a person. You put your trust in the power of the gospel to change the situation. I was at the minister's conference, and, 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 uh, and a lady that, that uh, uh, I've known for a number of years, she works uh, uh, another table there, and uh, she came up and was talking to me, and she goes, well, she goes, what do you think about the politics? And I looked at her and said, I don't. She said, well, you know, things didn't go the way we wanted them to go. I said, oh, really? I thought things got better. And she just looked at me. Well, what do you think about the future? I said, oh, it's bright. I said, I said there's all kind of deception coming out. I said, the truth is coming out. The light is being shown. You know what she did? Oh, see ya. 
I'm not going to get down there. Now watch, how do I influence? I talk differently. I'm not going to get down there and grovel about how bad things are. Are things not better? And, and hear me, it's not because the Republicans are doing this or the Democrats are doing this. You better lose that. Because that's not the issue. God, God can do whatever He needs to do regardless of who is running the country. They're not running the country. We're running the country. The prayers of the saints can change things. Is that right or not? Every time you want to criticize, pray. Every time you want to be bad mouth, pray. Pray for them. What do I pray? The Bible says that you should pray for our leaders that they would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that what it says? I exhort therefore, first of all, the supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for it is the will of God that all men be saved. Is that right? That's how you influence people. You know, I've, I've, in my neighborhood, I've got neighbors that are ultra-liberal, and I've got neighbors that are ultra-conservative. I talk to both of them. I fellowship with both of them. Yeah, but what about the person you disagree with? I need to influence them. What about the person you agree with? I need to influence them. Think, think about this. Can I tell you something about our state? I'm, I'm tired of people bad-mouthing Arkansas. Anybody else? Do, do you realize, do you realize that Arkansas right now has about a billion dollar surplus? Financially? Do, do you realize that over a third of the homes in Arkansas are debt-free? Do you realize in Little Rock, Little Rock proper, there are more millionaires per capita in the city of Little Rock than any other city in America? Do you realize we have a born-again governor, a born-again lieutenant governor, a born-again secretary of state? Amen. Hallelujah. Some of y'all know the Secretary of State. Used to go to Agape. Is that right? Amen. We have a primarily born again uh, uh, repre representatives. I think we got it pretty good. I say I think we got it pretty good. Now if you're just talking political parties, you won't think that. Because your party's not in power. Or your party doesn't have the majority. As a believer, what should matter to you most? What party they are, or if they're born again or not. If they're born again or not. Well, you know, all Democrats are this way. You can't say that. You don't have the information to say that. Well, I'm here. I, I stepped in it. I might as well just keep going. That, that's how I'll, I'll talk to, I'll, I'll counsel marriages. And, 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 and the wife will be mad at the husband. And she'll say, well, you know how he is. He's just like all men. Then I don't know because I don't know how all men are. Well, you know, she's like all women. You can't say that. You mean all women are the same? 
Listen, I'm married to one, and she's not the same every day. You, you know. See, he's smart. He just... He didn't look. Your grace and mercy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move away from this, but I'm trying to help you. We influence people in the way we talk. If, if you Listen, on your job, if you join in with the unbelievers bad-mouthing your employer, how are you ever going to influence them? This place, tell you, the worst place in the world to work for. It's the worst place. Why are you working there then? Believe God to get a better job. Go somewhere where you can talk right. Let me move on. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> Number three, we, we influence people in our actions. In our actions. People watch how we act. We influence people by acting wisely. Amen. By acting wisely. I remember uh, Brother Jerry, Jerry Savelle, he was talking about the time that uh, uh, he hadn't been saved very long and hadn't been in the Word very long. And Brother Copeland was there doing a meeting at uh, uh, Word of Life uh, uh, Church there in Shreveport, Louisiana. And he said his, his kids were in the nursery. And he said that, long story short, one of the nursery attendants brought, one, brought uh, Terry to him, uh, his uh, youngest daughter. And she, while, while they were uh, uh, doing the, the nursery in the back, uh, she was crawling on the floor and the attendant had rocked over her fingers and, and cut those two fingers off right at, right at the thumbnail line. Amen. And he said there was blood everywhere and, and the baby's screaming and Brother Copeland's preaching. And, and of course it shut everything down and they handed him the baby. Now watch. He said, he said this. I've heard him say, he said this to me and, I, and I've heard him say it uh, and read it. He said this. He said, I stopped for a minute and I looked at Brother Copeland. And here's what he said. He said, I thought if he doesn't act like what he's been preaching, there's no reason to believe anything he said. Amen. What we preach, what we believe in the word of faith, Man, it's easy to grab a hold of. It's easy to grab a hold of. And I'm going to watch what I say. And bless God, God's going to bring me up. You're going to hit some trouble. And then it's how you act. It's how you act. It's how you react. Well, of course, the long story short is Brother Copeland came and prayed for the, for the baby. And the bleeding immediately stopped. And the child went to sleep and slept all the way through the service. And, 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 and the doctor said, the, the most renowned plastic surgeon in Louisiana, said those fingers will never grow back, but they did. Amen. You influence people by how you act. You influence people by how you act in the grocery store, by how you act on the highway, by how you. Amen. Ha ha ha. Look at Hebrews 9. That's them Holy Ghost chuckles. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I'm running right on time. In case you're wondering. Hebrews 9 and verse 19, it says, When Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. So I want you to see this. We are to influence people by precept, by the word, and by example. Precept, 
an example. A precept is an authoritative prescription or a commandment. Here's what you have to see. Merely telling people won't influence them. It's got to be combined with my example. Just telling them won't influence them. It's got to be combined with my example. See, I'm salt and light. I'm an example of Christ to my neighbors, to my family, to my fellow believers. In John 13, 15, you can write that down. Jesus said when he was washing the disciples' feet, he said, I've given you an example. He didn't just tell them to do it. He put a, a towel around his waist and washed their feet and said, I have given you an example. All right, now the example was not to go around washing everybody's feet. The example was to serve other people, to put yourself second and put other people first. That's the example. Is that right? Amen. We are salt and we are light. In 1 Timothy 4.12, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, be an example to the church. Amen. That, that, that word uh, uh, example, a sampler or a model. You know, you remember you used to get those Whitman's chocolate samplers? You may still get them. Right? And, and you'd open the, the, the top, and it had all kinds of chocolate in there. Some cherry-filled, caramel-filled, right? Solid chocolates. It was a sampler of everything they had. Right? We are a sample. We are a model of what? Christ. Amen. You, you, you got to model what you say. I remember something that Ed Cole, Edwin Lewis Cole, he said, he wrote the book Maximize Manhood. Something that he said years ago that just impacted, imprinted my spirit. He said, the greatest thing any husband can do for their children is love their mother. Man, that changed my life. Because you want to be an example. Parents are an example. You know, sometimes parents focus on being the authority. I need to focus on being the example. I'm, I'm the example. I, I, I have always fell into this category that it's more important what I do than what I say. Right? Remember the old saying, don't do what I do, do what I say? Kind of hard. Amen. So that child, that child is watching the way I respond to my wife, the way I respond to people around me, the way I talk about my neighbors, the way I talk about my church, the way I talk about people in the traffic. They're, they're hearing what you say. They're watching how you model. Amen. And if one day from the back seat you hear, come on, you idiots. They heard and saw that from somebody. And you can't go. Wonder who it was. They've been riding with you. <laughs> riding dirty. Anyway. You understand? Hallelujah. Grandparents. Grandparents are a model. All the grandparents say amen. Grand grandparents are a model. Amen. You know, you might have children 
that are not living exactly how they should. That doesn't take away your responsibility to model. You're not trying to outdo mom and dad, but you have a responsibility. That's your seed. That's your generation. Models. Models. I'm a model in the grocery store. I remember, I remember one time I was out. Uh, I was single. This guy was single, and, and uh, Pastor Michelle and I weren't married yet. And we went out. It was, it was actually, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Super Bowl Sunday. And it was the second Super Bowl, the second straight, when the Dallas Cowboys beat the Buffalo Bills the second time in a row. Amen. Sister Tracy, praise the Lord. But uh, we, we went out to eat. He wanted to go to a certain place. And, and we went out to eat. And I was sitting. I had my back to all the, the hustle and bustle that was going on. And he was looking at the, the deal uh, at the, the, the restaurant. And we had a server, a young lady that was serving us. And, and, and she came. And I watched this two or three times. And, and, and uh, she would serve us. And then she would go do something. And he'd look around me. So about the third time. I leaned across the table and said, what are you doing? Here, here was his, I said, you know, I mean, I, you, you're not checking out the wallpaper. Now, there may be people here that think like he thought. If you did, I'm going to help you. Here, here's what he said. Here's what he said. It don't hurt to look at the menu as long as you don't take nothing home. And I said, except Jesus said, if you're looking at the menu, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Uh, Pastor, that's old fashioned. That's safe. That's influence. You'll, you'll never go the physical route if you never go there here. You can't help how you think. Hmm, funny, the Bible says you can. Influence. 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 How we act. The way we do things. Amen. What's the Bible say? It says avoid the very appearance of evil. Is that right? So there might be evil all around you. I don't have to look like evil. Because I'm the influence. I'm the in Remember what it said about salt? If it's not salty, what's it good for? Nothing. Throw it out. What, what do you do? If you have a light that the bulb burns out, what do you do? You change the bulb. Why? You want light. If, if, if you're not going to change the bulb and the lamp's not going to give any light, what good is the lamp? It's no good. It's a doorstop. Throw it away. It's no good. Oh, Hallelujah. As believers, we're a sample of Jesus to the world. Now let me, let me try to close with this. i got two more verses here. Look at Colossians 4. Glory. Am I helping you? You know, I, I, I hear, I've heard people over the years that talk about preacher's kids. And them preacher's kids, they're the worst. Well, I are one. I've been around the ministry my whole life. 
And, and I can tell you something, not because of personal experience, things that maybe necessarily I saw. I can tell you why people think that children, preacher's kids are the worst, because of the example the preacher's kids are getting at home. You can't expect preacher's kids to act right and love people in the church when mom and dad are bad-mouthing them at home. My daughter thinks all y'all got wings. She thinks your shoulder blades are wings. Amen. Why? Because I, I, I can stand before God and tell you. I will stand before Him in judgment one day. I have not one bad thing to say about any person. Nobody. Remember, remember the woman that, that, that the wicked, most wicked man in the city died? And people were kind of rejoicing that he died? And they came to her and said, she's got something good to say about everybody. Let's see if she can say something good about him. They said, you know, so-and-so died. I said, what do you think about that? What do you think about him? She said, you know, he sure could whistle. <laughs> Somebody said, you're so positive, you'd probably say something good about the devil. And the man said, well, he is persistent. <laughs> Amen. You can find something good to say. Colossians 4, 5, and 6, notice what it says. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming the time. Let your speech be with grace. Seasoned with salt. With what? Salt. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. One translation says, be wise in all your contacts with people. Another says, making the most of every opportunity. That's referring to every opportunity we have to speak to those that are without Christ. Amen. Now, now, hear me when I say this. Be wise. You know, just, just, don't just sit in the airport and read your Bible. Amen. Sit there at the coffee shop with your Bible and all your study materials out. Glory to God. I'll relate a story to you. On, 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 when, when I travel back and forth, there's a place in Rogers that I stop at, a coffee shop that I stop at. And uh, when I go in there, inevitably, inevitably, there's going to be somebody, two or three people, sitting there with their Bible and all their study material out. And they never look happy. And, and they got the whole wall, the whole wall over here. And one day I, was, I had my, got my coffee and something, a little something to eat. And, and so I'm coming around this way, going to my table, and I walked by the Bible readers and I said, good morning, how y'all doing? You're reading, reading the right book. And I mean, that man, that man and lady looked up at me and they were like, they didn't even respond. They just kind of went, hmm. I thought maybe they was hurting or something. I didn't know. They, it was, it, they didn't know if I was saved or not. And, and the way they responded to me. You know, I've, I've went in there two or three times and tried to talk to him two or three times and I get the same response. This is holy. Do not defile us. That's not walking in wisdom. I'm not telling you not to read your Bible in public. But if please help us all. If you're going to read your Bible in public, be nice. Hallelujah. You're not going to help us positively at least cover it in a Sports Illustrated or something. So nobody knows you're reading the Bible. See, because, because we want to be influenced. And, and notice what it said. It said, walk in wisdom. 
Walk in wisdom. I say walk in wisdom. I remember, I remember when I was in, in the corporate world and uh, I got uh, moved to the position of quality assurance uh, inspector for the, the department that I was a part of. And uh, that moved me to another area. And uh, uh, there was a gentleman that sat behind me and his name was Tony. And uh, uh, in the process of getting to know him, I come to find out that Tony was homosexual. And a very nice man, very good man. I mean, as far as his job and the things that he was doing. And uh, I made it my, my purpose to just love him, to just show him the love of God. Yeah, but that's sin. Well, yeah, but who hasn't sinned? I'm not saying it's right. You understand that, right? And, and, and in conversations, it, it was made plain that I believe it's not right. But here's the point. Here's the point. Uh, eventually, I got promoted to the unit manager over that entire unit. And when I got promoted, uh, he wrote me a card and gave me a card and thanked me for my witness and for the way I treated him. And he said, you are proof positive that people can be nice and still have victory in their life. Amen. You know, I don't know what happened to him, but I don't doubt that he got saved. Because that was my purpose. You understand? See, you got to be wise. People that are not living right and know they're not living right, they're on the defensive already. They're ready for you to attack them. They're ready for you to beat them up. They're ready for you to pull out the, 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 the bludgeon of holiness and knock them over. Be wise. Ease in on them. Get close. And before you know it, they're wanting Jesus and they didn't even know what, what they didn't even, they don't even know what's going on. Am I helping you? One last verse. Notice this. 1 John 4. Amen. One translation says, always put your message attractively and yet pointedly. Attractively, but yet pointedly. Another says, study how to best talk to each person that you meet. Can, can I share something with you as the church that the Lord's made me the under-shepherd of, the pastor of? People should feel better after an interaction with you. Or at least they should feel like they heard the truth in love. But they should feel better after they talk to you. Why? Because that's, that's what the Bible says. It says, let your words be seasoned with grace. Be edifying. Be, be exhorting. Be lifting people up. Hallelujah. You know, you can tell somebody something's wrong or that they're doing something wrong or that they need to change and do it in an edifying way. 1 John four seventeen. notice what it says. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Notice what it says. As Jesus is. What does that mean? We're the image of Jesus to the world. We're the image of Jesus to the world. You and I, we're the model, we're the stamp, we're the sampler of Jesus to the world. Oh, hallelujah. I remember uh, Pastor Michelle and I, two, two different occasions, uh, and, and I've told you this story, I won't, I won't take a, a long time, I've only got about five minutes, but we were, we were taking our children many, many years ago, probably, oh, I don't know, 15 16, something like that, maybe 18 years ago. And that where we lived there in Kansas City, there's an amusement park called Worlds of Fun. 
and we were we were going to Worlds of Fun, had our minivan full of them and all their friends from youth group, and and we're going. And, and long story short, I had a flat tire. And uh, back back then, uh, you know, all my cars were used. And there's nothing wrong with a used car, but I'm saying very used, not gently used, very used. <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know, changing tires, no big deal. So I jumped out and got the jack and got it jacked up. Well, I had a, I had a Dodge minivan <laughs> and a Ford spare tire. That won't work. And it won't fit. And so I thought, what am I going to do? And, and I, well, I got to get the flat tire fixed. And so I, I, we were on a, a, an off-ramp there off of uh, uh, 635 there in Kansas City. And I saw this uh, station down there. So I walked down carrying a tire, and I walked down to see if they fixed tires. Well, we don't, but there's a tire shop about a mile, two miles up the road. And okay. And so I got the tire, and I'm, and I'm walking up the road, and I, I made the right where they told me to go. And, and this guy pulls up in a station wagon, blowing the horn. And so I stopped, and, and the windows rolled down, and he stops, and he looks at me, and he goes, you had a flat tire up on the exit? I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, you got a wife and about 10 kids there? I said, yes, sir. I'm thinking he's a prophet. This guy's a prophet. The Lord has sent a balm in Gilead. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I saw him just a minute ago. They told me to, that you were down here. I said, okay. He said, I want to help you. I said, all right. So I went over and got in the car. I said, where we're going? He goes, hello, when he said his, his breath was about 80 proof. I'm in the car with a drunk prophet. <laughs> he, took, he took me to the tire shop. I got out and the guy said, oh yeah, we, we got one of those. And, 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 and so he said, oh, this is what I'll charge you. And it was a good price. And so they're, they're working on the tire and they got it fixed. And, and they're, they're airing it up. And the prophet, no, not really. The, the drunk guy, he's about to get in a fight. He's telling the guy, that's too much money. And I, and I'm, I, I went up to him and said, I'm paying. Let, leave it alone. Right? Leave it alone. And so I finally grabbed him by the arm and got him in the car. And I thought, now I'm really in trouble. I got to drive up the road with this drunk guy in the car. So we get up there and, and we get out. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on the car and I'm, I'm getting everything done. And, and he's kind of standing back there you know you know how it is when when you know how some of y'all used you know right he's he's watching but the ground's moving remember how you used to lay in bed and you had to put one foot on the ground keep the room from spinning some of y'all won't admit that you remember that Anyway, I got it all tightened up, got everything done. I let the car down. We're ready to go. And I shook his hand and said, thank you for all your help. And he's like, yeah, I, I'm glad to help. And, and I, I got up to the car and, and, I'm, and I got my hand on, the, on the, the handle. I'm about to open the door. And the Lord said this to me. He said, uh, he said uh, that man feels abandoned. He feels alone. He feels like no one cares for him. He said he was, he's a Vietnam veteran and he came home from Vietnam and he turned to alcohol because of the way his country would not receive him. 
And he said, I want you to show him the love of God. And I went back to him. I said, hey, hang on. Hang on before you go. And I began to talk to him. And I said, I realize that, 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 you know, where you came from. And I said, this is what the Lord told me. Don't be afraid to tell people, this is what the Lord told me. Yeah, but they'll think I'm weird. Once you tell them what the Lord told you, you they won't think you're weird. And I said, this is what the Lord told me. And the Lord told me that you're, and I went through everything that I just told you. Tears began to come down his face. And his head was down. And I said, what do you have, this was my response. What do you have to lose by giving your life to Jesus? He said, nothing. Now, God is my witness. We prayed. He received the Lord into his heart. He went from being extremely drunk to extremely sober. The smell of alcohol was gone off of his mouth. Amen. Think, think about that. You, you have the opportunity to influence people. One, one time we were getting in, in our car, that same van, and, and we, had, we had went to a place where we lived in Kansas City, Kansas, and, and I was getting in the car, and there was a young man standing over in the corner of one of the shopping centers, and he was just standing there smoking a cigarette. And, you know, just because somebody smokes a cigarette doesn't mean they're a bad person. You understand what I'm trying to say? Sometimes we put these standards, and I, we need to have standards, and, and please misunderstand me. I'm not saying smoking's good for you or that you should do it, but what I'm saying is sometimes we make that the standard. We know that guy's over there smoking a cigarette. Boy, he can't be much of a Christian. Well, maybe he's growing. That's like saying that's not much of a kid. They still mess their diaper. Right? So he's smoking over there, and he just had his head down. And I just felt led of the Lord to go talk to him. And I went over there and said, Brother, I don't, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. But whatever it is, there's an answer. And he just looked at me and he said, What is that answer? I said, Christ. I said, You're always going to have that, that, that hole in your spirit, in your heart, if you, if you don't get the, the, the answer to fill it. And he said, Would you pray with me? I said, I will. I'll pray with you. Pray this with me. And I led him in, 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 in a prayer to receive Christ in his heart. Folks, it's easy if you care. If you care about people, if you care about influence in their life. It's simple. We went to the, 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 the restaurant right up here at Chili's one, one afternoon uh, from the office. We went up there uh, for lunch, my wife and I. And, uh, and the, the girl came to take our order, and she took our drink order, and then she came back to, to find out what food we wanted. And, and so then, long story short, after we had eaten, she came back, and, and I said, okay. I said, finally, let me ask you a question. And she said, what's that? I said, uh, there are two kind of servers in the world. She said, really? I said, yeah. I said, those that are born again and those that are about to be, which one are you? She literally started weeping and fell on her knees in chilies and said, my God, pray for me. She said, I got up this morning and I knew I was going to give my life to Jesus today. And, and my wife and I led her to the Lord. What I'm saying, I, I didn't go in there. I, listen, I didn't go to Chili's and pull my Bible out. Bless the Lord. I just, I went in and ordered some food. And when the opportunity came, we took the opportunity to be influenced. That's all you got to do. The, the person that you buy coffee from every day, just influence them. Amen. The, 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 the person that you pass in the grocery store every day, just influence them. 
Some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. Amen. Bow your heads with me today. Please. On any given day, any given service, any given time, we can't ever be sure where any heart, any person, any man, any woman stands in their walk with God. Those watching online, we have no knowledge. We have no understanding. But here's what I know. Jesus made this statement. He said, if any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And he said, I won't cast him out. I'll receive him. The Philippian jailer ran into the jail cell where Paul and Silas were and said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved in your household. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter was preaching the gospel, he said, all you've got to do is repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you'll be born again. The simplest thing that God has ever did is give us the way to be saved. All I've got to do is believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And everything that looks so hard that very simple statement will begin to change. So with your head bowed, your eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Steele, I'm not where I need to be with God. I don't believe I'm as close to Him as I need to be. I need to make some changes in my life. I need Jesus to make a difference. If that's you, with the people around you with their eyes closed, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to make some changes. I need to, I need to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and I would like that to begin today anywhere in the room anywhere in the room any man any woman any boy any girl we're just going to take a few more moments you say that's me I would just like to make a change God bless you thank you for that hand God bless you online if you're watching online and you would say that's me I need to make a change I need things to be different in my life I need to know Jesus you can do that in the name of Jesus would you say this with me, everyone in the room? Would you say this with me? Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that Jesus came to earth, that he died for my sin, and that he rose again. And he's now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me. And I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. And I believe I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, would you stand up today? Hallelujah. Thank you for being here this morning. If you are a newcomer, we invite you again to join us in the directly the back of the sanctuary. Uh, we have a gift for you. We have some refreshments for you. Uh, if you would care to join us, you can meet our, our leadership staff. And... Uh, uh, if you uh, 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 gave your heart back to the Lord today, if you'll also let them know, we'd like to make record of that so that we can adequately welcome you to the family of God. We'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock if uh, you are so inclined to join us. If not, please join us at buildfaith.net uh, for uh, our service this evening. Amen. Isn't God good? Before we say our vision, turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm sure glad you came to church today. Amen. Let's say it together. The vision of this church will always be to build people's faith 
and frame their world by the Word of God. And you and I will always be world changers. God bless you.